All right, my next guest is one of my buddies that followed me down from Chicago to sunny South Florida. That's right. Welcome to the show, Brandon Beavers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a long time coming, you and I, to That's get right. together and catch up. And we made it happen. And we made it happen. After bumping into each other. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I run into you at baseball <laughs> games and stuff. We're like, we got to get together. So exactly. today, today we'll make it happen. Right. Um, Talk to me about your transition from Chicago to Miami, man. I mean, you, you yeah. are the, the, that wave, right? In the last four right. years where for one reason or another, COVID or whatever, came down to Miami. What has your experience been, been like? You're in Fort Lauderdale, you I'm know, sorry. But. Yeah, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. It's been great. Um, and I think what really helped it was my kids, my, my oldest boys started baseball in the fall and uh, there weren't enough coaches. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the president of the league called, you know, we, we were waitlisted, right? And uh, he started calling me coach, even though I said I wasn't going to coach in the fall. <laughs> started calling me coach. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I said, look, if there's going to be 13 kids that don't have a baseball team, yeah. you know, I guess I'll do it. And he's like, okay, thanks, coach. And five minutes later, a guy walks up the street, knocks on the door and says, hey, you know, I'm Mr. So-and-so. Welcome to the neighborhood. Um, and that that was kind of my first introduction with, you know, our community. You yeah. Know? And so um, when we first, during COVID, we're making the decision that we're going to move down here, we were kind of, you know, wondering what the community was going to be like being from the Midwest yeah. and, and everybody's, you know, everybody's everyone's friend there. Um, but, you know, we said, look, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, we'll just stick to our family. Yeah. We'll be in our own little bubble. And frankly, it's been quite the opposite. I mean, we're probably as if not more involved in our community down here. Really? Yes. And, and um, you know, so when we, you know, I started coaching and uh, meeting the parents, meeting a bunch of kids from different schools because the neighborhood we live in, um, there's a lot of kids that go to different private schools or, you know, I don't know if you call them charter schools down here, but um, or private schools. Mm -hmm. So you're meeting kids from all over. Yeah. And uh, that's been great. You know, so you just get a lot of diversity and thought and people yeah. and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but the baseball was the best intro to South Florida. To, 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 so, and are, are you meeting people who are from down here or, or, or these people like yeah. you just newbies that half and half okay. like on baseball, I would say, you know, half of them are, you know, kind of native Floridians, yeah. if you will. And then the other ones are, um, you know, from all over a lot, mostly from the East coast ish, you know, some from the Midwest. Um, but you know, the other great thing about doing all that was the kids having friends in school, you right. know, they walk into school, they already have a couple friends. Yeah. And then, you know, spring, they have, you know, friends from all over from this school. So our social network has grown because of all these different schools and folks. And so it's uh it's been awesome. It's been a lot better. You know, it's it's crazy. COVID obviously was bad, right? Um, but it was good for South Florida. Right. And and I was excited that you came down because there are so many people just like you sure. that are in the prime of their career, right? They own and operate businesses right. and they come down here. And sure. and and when you know, people were out pitching big businesses to move to their community. Mm -hmm. I always said, look, South Florida can't take on Dell or, or Oracle, whatever, sure. right? We, we just don't have the infrastructure. But can we take a lot of guys in their prime, still right. want to build businesses that have 20, 50, $100 million companies that come down here right. that have, you know, 200 employees, 50 employees, sure. whatever. Those kind of folks, I love yeah, them. Right. And the amount of people that I've met, and that's why I think South Florida, our best days are ahead of us, not just, no question. you know, all the hype. It, it, it takes time to build that infrastructure. Right. But I think if you look 20 years from now, you and I are going to be very happy that, and I love Chicago. Chicago's going to be fine. Um, but we're going to look back on and say, look, we, right. we were, we were at the early stages of what South Florida has really become. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables there because I mean, you know, ultimately, my parents have had a place in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale, you know, since the late '80s, early okay, excuse me, mid to late '80s. So I've always been coming down here, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of always envisioned living somewhere warm. And then your career gets in your way. You're you're working this job, or you you, you know, someone acquires a business, and you're now working in a different state or whatever the case may be. So sometimes, you know, you, you get very few instances in your life where you can really dictate where you want to be and where you want to yeah. go. And so I think. Um, there was a time prior to COVID that we were pretty close, but I just don't think it was ready. We were ready to do it yet, you know, business wise, yeah. uh, family wise. Um, but COVID kind of convinced me, Hey, we can make this leap yeah. because of all the, you know, remote management and things. And, and trust me, there was a lot of growing, growing pains yeah. growing through that, going through that. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a hands-on person. Mm-hmm. I like to, if I, if I have an issue, I like to go put my hands on it, talk to the people sure. and you can't just jump on an airplane in five minutes and be no. where you want to be, where I could, you know, I could drive to any of our plants in Chicago. Chicago and be there within, you know, an hour. So that you kind of lose that, that mm-hmm. sense of control. There's a little anxiety, um, you know, involved in that, but, uh, this was kind of part of my vision in life. I think ultimately was to be down here, to be down here. Right. Um, and you know, I didn't realize how much it was going to help me, you know, really, yeah. because I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs or anybody in a business world or in any career, frankly, you know, you get in a pot, you know, and you can get root bound in that pot. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people, but you know, how do you grow? Right. Right. So for me, it's really forced me to grow in other ways that I wouldn't have grown had I stayed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, I see things differently. I see opportunities a little differently. Um, and I'm exposed to a whole new, you know, network of people yeah. and friends that, you know, I think has really kind of broadened my horizons in terms of, you know, what I could do. But I, I think to your point, it, it's perfect. And I, I think where the benefit is really going to hit is that area between like Palm Beach and 100%. Miami. Yeah. Because, you know, it's getting costly. Um, you know, and I'll put a plug in for Fort Lauderdale. I think it's ripe. I mean, it's great, you know, because, uh, you know, you've got a great airport there, yep. you know, so you don't have to commute to either PBI or, or to Miami. Um, and it's growing in a, in a positive way, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of younger people are coming yeah, in, man. you know, that's, that, that was the one thing that, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, white knuckling down the road. <laughs> Um, now you have a lot more young people coming in yeah. that demand different services. They need a dry cleaner. They need a ta- yeah, tailor. Yeah. So those year-round services are kind of filling out. The restaurants are getting better. We can't compete with Miami yet. No, but the restaurants, <laughs> uh, the restaurants are better. better. The Brightline being a major yeah, impact for this right. community. Absolutely. Uh, I take it whenever yeah. I go to West Palm Beach, and now it goes to Orlando, right. and then sometime next year Tampa. Right. And I'm like, man, that's going to be a big impact. Yeah. We've never had that. Not we, having to go to an airport is nice. Not having to go to an airport right. and, and that drive. Right. Uh, is going to make a big impact. Take a step back. You and I know each other, but I don't know right. a whole lot about Beaver's Beaver sure. Holdings. Right. What's the business? I know a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah. Tell us about it. So essentially, it's a little bit of a misnomer because it, it does. It's not actually a holding company. Right. Um, you know, from a legal standpoint. But what it was is that you know my father when he had left McDonald's, right? He's used to. He was used to. You know, he's a board member there for right. twenty years. Um, you know, you're used to a certain level of expertise. Um, and professionalism, where when you build a company, you don't necessarily have all those resources, right? So the the vision was we, you know, we started off with one company, and as we grew those, we could share resources. So we would mm-hmm. share an accounting team, we'd have a CFO, HR. So instead of having those at each individual facility, yeah. you know, if you have a $15 million company, it's kind of hard to have yeah. a high level executive team. Whereas you build and, you know, you gross up those businesses, ultimately now you need those levels of service and you kind of can, you know, cross collateralize those, uh, you know, those services. And it, and it really is a, 
impactful thing. Um, especially, you know, when you think about when you go through things like COVID or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, you have shared resources. So, you know, um, hiring people, for instance, you can imagine, you know, if you, you have kind of belts and suspenders because you use the same accounting system. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're losing this person or they're sick and they're going to be gone for a month. Now you can kind of tap the resources across companies. You get a chance to, to cross train people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the best success stories we've had is kind of pulling talent from one company to another. Um, you know, you, you kind of identify someone that they may not have an opportunity at that particular company. Yeah. But now they have an opportunity to grow at another one. So um, that that was kind of the original vision is just to kind of provide a higher level of uh, skill sets and, you know, in a more of an executive flat, platform than you could. Uh, and what are the different businesses within it? Right. So now um, the original company, we no longer have the original company that okay. kind of started, if you will. But we're probably, you know, we're more than 10 times bigger than we were when okay. we first started. Um, so right now we still have uh, Best Diamond Packaging, mm-hmm. which is a company on the East Coast that manufactures. It's a paper conversion facility. Yep. So we take, you know, several ton rolls of, of paper and mm-hmm. we are, you know, folding them or cutting them and folding them in napkins. And those are, you know, going to all the major QSRs in the country. Um, and then we have a company uh, in Chicago called Best Diamond Plastics. Mm-hmm which is an extrusion company that makes straws, if, if you can imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk, we can talk a little bit more about that because, you know, that's, you know, the enemy of the state right now is straws for some reason. <laughs> which is great, right. All the right. things we're worried about, we're worried about plastic straws. Right. 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 right, right. So we should circle back yeah. on the straw conversation <laughs> okay. because, you know, I'm an animal lover too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of gotten, you know, the show. It's a little out of control. Yeah, right. It is, yeah. Um, but then we, we have uh, Affy Tapple, which is a, um, a confections company in Chicago. Yeah. We, we invented the uh, original, not we, but the, the, the first owners of the company um, really kind of made caramel apples a, a household uh, item in Chicago, yeah. particularly in the fall. And we do a lot of other confections out of that facility, too. Um, that's up in Niles, Illinois, so not too far from the airport. And then um, we have Best Chicago Meat Company. So that company, okay. um, we do a lot. We have our own brands. We have Glenmark and Moonoink and Gem. Uh-huh. So we do burgers, sausages, things of that nature. Um, we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of uh, co-manufacturing. So a lot of the branded items that you'll see in the store, uh-huh. they're products that we've made. Um, so yeah, it's there's a lot of opportunities there too. The I have to ask you, Affy Tapple. Right. 75 years in business. 75 years. First of all, how did you get that brand? I'm not old enough quite. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, 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 right. So, it, it, for people who don't live in Chicago, I mean, it's nationwide, yeah. but right. in Chicago, you know that brand. Right. And it's delicious and it's super fresh. Right. Uh, my only beef is that you didn't bring any today. I know. But, but, uh, did 75. You package? Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, I'll talk to the shipping department. <laughs> the, so, first of all, 75 years, got so many questions. Number one, how did you acquire that brand? Right. So it had been acquired, um, you know, a number of years before we did. I think about 20 years, okay. um, the prior owner had uh, owned it. He was another Chicago guy. And, uh, you know, so they acquired it. It was a brand that he was familiar with. So so what made Affy Tapple popular in the Chicago area was that it was really, yes, they, they did caramel apples, but they started um, selling them for almost like a, for fundraisers, almost right. like a cookie sale or whatever, or a bake sale. Yeah. Um, and so we literally had Affy Tapple Day at school on our calendar with the logo of Affy Tapple. So growing up, that was a that was a day you looked forward to all right. the time because you know you're going to be eating a bunch of caramel apples. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how it became kind of so ingrained, like with people's lives in Chicago, yeah. because you ate it as a kid. You yeah, know, and it reminds you of that. Um, you know, they're actually pretty healthy, believe it or not. They're healthier than, than eating a candy bar or something. Yeah, you're right. Because you've got you've got the protein, you know, from the caramel, right? Um, and you're eating a whole apple yeah. with the skin on it. 
and and some nuts, right? right? What kind of right. nuts? Are they? Peanuts. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the traditional. That's our number one seller by yeah. far. I'm kind of a traditionalist. I hate to say it, but I like the plain caramel. Okay. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, you know, some people you know get upset when I say that, but hey, it just it is what it, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. But yeah, the 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 peanut probably outsells the plain by like you know eight or nine to one. Yeah. So yeah. seventy five years, without giving away too many secrets. What's the secret of success? I mean, to staying in business well, and being yeah. a big business for 75 years is right. really, I, really hard. And I and I, I think, you know, one is, you know, you have to have passion. Right? Yeah. Um, and the original owners, um, they had passion for that formula. So the family, I, you know, there's a, there, there's a story out there. But essentially, um, she was in, involved in another candy-related uh, um, business, mm-hmm. and she developed that formula. And developed the formula to dip the apples in it. And then it kind of just snowballed from there, if you will. But there was such um, a focus on maintaining the integrity of that formula. Right. It's the same formula we use. And, um, you know, so fresh apples, I mean, the apples are coming from Michigan that time of year. So they're coming straight off the orchard, being washed and sorted, et cetera, et cetera. And they're coming straight to our facility. So much fresher than an apple that you would get in a store for instance um but you know so that's part of it so it's that you know the the starting with the commitment to quality right commitment to quality um not cutting corners i mean there's yeah. just because you, you can't buy it everywhere in chicago right now i think about pretty, it i mean you pretty much can buy it okay every, but you know what we're trying to do is make it more of a uh, more of a year-round business okay because we've proven that people will buy it year-round yeah um and you can get apples year-round right? right i mean but a lot of the produce sections that are in it they've got a traditional philosophy of certain fruits need to be mm-hmm. in produce during certain times of the yeah. year so you know when falls over you know or when summer's around they, they go to pitted fruits and things of that nature so but you know we're we're violating i call it other areas of the store mm-hmm. you know we're gifting we've got um you know our gourmet apple program is you know we're probably up over 100 percent this year in our gourmet apple program um, which is just a larger apple. It's a Grady Smith. Um, yeah. There'll be M&Ms on the outside of it or chocolate lovers. Um, so, it, it, or, and we also have some that are, you know, they're decorated a little bit differently. They're kind of a higher end product. Um, that That is really taking off. But the Affy Tapple brand, as everyone knows um, that. But the other brand that is more of a national brand is Mrs. Printables. That's yeah. part of the same company. So the prior owners had bought Mrs. Printables printables which is basically up the street from Affy Tapple. Okay. So uh where that company got no, uh, notoriety was you know Bloomingdale's and mm-hmm. even Marcus. Um those are a much more expensive apple, but I mean you're talking about, you know, two and a half pounds sometimes of caramel and chocolate and nuts. You know, so it, it seems like it's expensive till you grab it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to like make sure you have your balance. <laughs> but it's an awesome product. Um and again, these you know, we have uh, a growers out in um in Washington that we're on the phone with all year round what's mm. going on with the crop same yeah. thing with our folks in Michigan but they kind of have designated areas where they're growing our specific apples so how do you manage your time you have a consumer facing business in the in the, in the affi business right. and then you have sort of call it a b2b back office you know distribution right. and manufacturing business how, how do you spend your time in very different businesses you know a lot of time on the phone Okay. So, I right. mean, you know, it's, uh, and it never ends. I mean, you know, um, it, it only ends when you make it end. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you, you know, the, the feeling, um, I think I've learned and, and, you know, COVID one thing that we went through with COVID, right. Was everything was an emergency all of a sudden, right. You know, whether your company was applying for PPP loans yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing the regulations, can we stay open? Can we not, you know, where can we go? Am I, you know, the hardest thing for me was, 
you know, I felt like when we have employees out there, we're sending them in the line of fire. Sure. You know? right. I'm looking at my cell phone four o'clock in the morning in the meat company. I mean, you start early. Yeah. And so, you know, you're looking at these, so-and-so got sick and you're like, geez, you know, is this what we're supposed to be doing here? You know? Um, but, you know, frankly, you know, a lot of those folks, they wanted to be there. They wanted to support our customers. They didn't want to let anyone down. Um, but, you know, there was a time where we had to shut down for a little while and we just, we knew it was going to be tough because what happened is all these big companies, they were really shut down, right? Because right. it was running rampant. We, yeah. we had, we had the proper uh, PPE yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. early on. So we were able to taper it and our, our business was booming at that time. Really? Okay. So it went from not knowing if we were going to stay open yeah. to, um, and we, you know, we had some casual dining, uh, customers that we were really growing our steak business. Yeah. Called us up and said, um, yeah. If you have any inventory, you need to get rid of it. Um, we don't know when we're going to be able to open our restaurants. Oh, so we go from, you know, this great success story, you know, prior to COVID yeah. to all of a sudden we, we're not going to have a casual dining state business anymore. Right. Um, but what we were able to do is pick that up in retail because a lot of the other big companies yeah. weren't able to supply grocery stores. So we had some great success. You know, that that's just business. But that's sometimes. when the good rest, that's when the good businesses survive. Right? right. When, when this wild adapt, card right? and you adapt. And the bad ones that have a bad culture right. and don't aren't organized, you have a good corporate structure, right. you, you can move, you can maneuver. Right. The, the, the ones that you just said it, the employee you were shut down, but the employees still wanted to go to work. Right. They didn't want to let people down. That's right. That that tells me you probably run a pretty good company. Right. Okay. Right. Appreciate that. I promise you that the companies that the employees are like, great, I don't want to go in there and listen right. to the boss. Right. Um, they probably have a pretty rotten culture. Mm -hmm. So you you're doing the right things right. uh in, in order to facilitate that but but as far uh, as managing the time i mean so you know for instance the, the other thing you know along that covid thing and why i was bringing it up is you know i mean you have successes and failures i mean yeah. we've had you know we had a year um with one of our companies where sales were at all-time high but our profitability was miserable right you know because you're paying more for items yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to labor's get crazy fight. labor was crazy customers weren't accepting at that time you know price increases yeah. they're like oh no we don't see this inflation thing coming <laughs> well guess what yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's here man yeah, exactly and then you looked at their earnings and go i told you you yeah. know what i yeah. mean and i mean that that's that's real um you know our bigger customers i mean i gotta say like the mcdonald's or they were fantastic yeah. to work with um i think it actually you know reset the relationship to even a better point than it ever was because Great. they realized like hey these guys are, you know, they're stepping up for us and they're yeah. making sure we don't run out of product. We didn't short any of our customers during that time. It, it's, it's pretty impressive. You've had a relationship with McDonald's for how many years? Uh, since I was born. Yes. My father right. started working there when he was 17 and, and literally in a restaurant in Washington, D.C. No yeah. way. Yes, yes. Yeah, he and my mom were high school sweethearts and uh, there was a McDonald's right up the street and she convinced him to get a job there. And he said, I don't want to flip burgers. And he fell in love. Like he, he really fell in love with the business, and he had a great mentor that kind of, kind of brought him along. And, um, and the franchisee that my dad worked for got mm -hmm. bought out um, by McDonald's. And they said, he said, if uh, you know, if you if you buy me out, you got to have this guy Bob Beavers to to run your restaurants, because um, he's running all my restaurants. Yeah. And sure enough, he got he got an interview with Ray Kroc, Fred Turner. Wow. And uh, they gave him a, a corporate job, and he said, "All right, hon, we're moving. <laughs> we're moving to and Chicago." That's how you end up in Chicago. That's right. That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, managing that relationship, a special yeah. relationship yeah. with one of the, an right. iconic brand. Right. And now it's passed well, again, on to you. How do you how do you do it? I, again, I mean, my dad had a passion for it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you have a customer relationship like that or if you have a brand, you know, it's the passion that kind of keeps you going. Yeah. Right? right. So most of our customers, I have a passion for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that makes, you know, that gives our companies our mission to be able to service them the way they need to be serviced. You right. Know, whether it's a retail or it's a person that's eating, having our product across the counter, we want to make them all happy. 
Um, but yeah, so time management, right. With, with COVID, <laughs> yeah. um, everything was right now, you know, all the legal things right now, yeah. people are working around a clock. I don't think we've kind of gotten back to normal yet no. from that. But what I did learn is, you know, if I wanted to have a long life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. or a relatively long life, I needed to put boundaries on that, yeah. you know, because, um, I, I, last time you saw me before I moved down here, I didn't have all these gray hairs in my beard. <laughs> um, and, but it and made you a better executive, right? It, it made you did, who you are it today. did. I mean, and I, I took some deep wounds, man. I yeah, mean, man. I, you know, we I, all mean, did. I had some real tough times, but, um, you know, I've learned from them, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've absolutely learned from them, but I, and I pivoted from them. What and, are some of those takeaways? So two or three takeaways well, that, 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 that um, you coming out of COVID being in the food industry, right. you were in pretty tough States, Illinois, right. New Jersey, Hard lockdowns. Well, you, can't, you can't spend your you can't spread yourself too thin. I mean, that's okay. probably the biggest thing I learned because I was trying to do so much. Yeah, um, I became an easy button for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and so I wouldn't, you know, I would work myself, you know, damn near to death, right? Yeah, you know, and they have young kids too. Yeah, so trying to be a decent father, de a good husband, and you know, and also basically you sacrifice a lot of yourself a lot mm -hmm. of times, and I just was exhausted, you know, and you don't realize it until you look back and you go, my gosh, I mean, I was really, cause I would work at, at night and I'm reading emails and, yeah. and all that stuff. So I've learned to put boundaries in now. You know, if I say that I'm not feeling well and I'm sick, I, I really mean it and yeah. they don't call me. Right, right, don't <laughs> you know, call me, yeah. Don't don't go, well, did you see those 10 emails we sent? No, cause I told you I was actually sick, you know, and I, I never really call in sick. So if I do, that means it's real, yeah. you know? Um, Taking time to work out, exercise, mm -hmm. COVID. I was able to, uh, especially when the weather started to change a little bit in Chicago, yeah. my wife bought me Power Beats. Yeah. And uh, I would take two hours of phone calls walking. So I lost weight, you yeah. know, the good way as opposed to from stress. Right, right, right. You right. know, I, I can always tell that I'm in a pretty good, you know, mode because I start to gain weight. <laughs> yeah. Most people gain, you know, eat when they, they gain weight when they eat. I'm the opposite. I lose weight when I'm stressed. Right. Right. And when I'm, when things are getting a little bit better, I start to kind of. <laughs> next time I see you, fit. if you put on a few, right. I know yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, tell me if my shirt's tight <laughs> next time you see me. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor, print, swag, and more. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com to learn more. All right. And so in reevaluating everything, you got this big business, um, lots of moving parts, but you're somehow able to manage it somewhat remote, right? You're right. down here in Florida. Most of the business is up north. How do you do it? Time management. Which what's sure. what's the secret sauce? Yeah, well, it was a you know during COVID it was a challenge because you couldn't get good people. You know, right. if you if you lost someone or let someone go, replacing them was very difficult. So we had some you know we had some talent that quite wasn't up to snuff. Yeah. Um, now we're kind of back into our groove a little bit with the right folks, but that's it. It's trust. I mean, you have to know that when you when you you know kind of appoint someone to do something or have a conversation, they're going to take it and run with it. And you have to trust them a little bit. And sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But, you know, at least, you know, if you, the most, the more spent uh, time you spend with them, the more they get to understand, you know, what your expectations are and maybe how you would want them to do it. Yeah. Um, so that, that's key is people. Right. So let me go back to the straw. Yeah. Right. Plastic straw versus paper straw. Yeah. Every city is jumped on this majoring in the minor. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Right. Cause I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this, this kind of all started, if you recall, the, the turtle. The thing. turtle with the thing in the nose, right? Right. Which is awful. Horrible, right? right. It, horrible. It, it's, it's awful. 
Um, I mean, we're talking, you know, anything having to do with, you know, oil or, or plastics or right. whatever, you know, this is not going away. I right. mean, there's so much infrastructure, so many jobs. People say, I mean, think about all the jobs, um, all the manufacturing that's done. Right. There's chemistry out there that, I mean, everything that, that goes into a straw came from the earth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it was a dinosaur. Wasn't sure, it? right, right. So ju just the same way that these compounds, you know, are changed, they can be changed back, you mm -hmm. know, to their initial elements, right? So, um, you know, there's been studies of, of, of really kind of, um, you know, some of those processes. There are certain things that you can put in them. They're not chemicals per se. They're additives that you could put into them that allow them to break down to their normal element. element. But I remember when all this thing was going down and, and paper straws was kind of the new quote unquote thing. Yeah. And someone handed me a paper straw and it had plastic wrap on it. I, so that's what I was going to go with. <laughs> and I'm right. dying laughing. You know, saying, you know, what is the irony of here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or it's, you know, shrink wrapped in a case. Exactly. Right? It's to ridiculous. Get it, to where it, needs to be. it is. Um, but I think we need to focus on, um, you know, science yeah. um, and how we can utilize these things more efficiently, how we can dispose of them more efficiently, um, because ultimately that's going to solve the problem. I mean, you, you've had a paper straw in Florida and it falls apart in five seconds. Yeah. It takes a lot more energy and water to actually make a paper straw than it does to make a plastic straw, you know? So like you said, you're, you're, you're majoring in the minors. So yeah. you're, you're using all this energy. It's slower. It's more expensive. And there's bigger things to tackle. Right. There's bigger things to tackle. Um, you know, it's just the same thing with lids or, you know, they're talking about, you know, instead of a straw, we're going to use a lid. Well, that uses more plastic. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, and this is what our leaders waste their time on. Right. I know. I know. It's so upsetting. And, and, you know, it's difficult because the companies, it's hard for them to take a stance, right? Um, they don't want to be the first one to jump out there and say, yeah. we're going to, we're going to do this. But, you know, the good news is that, you know, the team that, that, you know, the partners at that business and in, in plastics, they're, they're on the cutting edge. They're yeah. ready. I mean, they're ready. There's, there's actually um, some products out there um, that, like I said, you can either have an additive that mm -hmm. will break down that, that particular um, material so that it's literally ash, you know, at some point. Um, but there's also compounds that are made from wood pulp and things of that nature. And I'm telling you these, they look like glass, the straws, they're beautiful. Really? Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to be the first taker. Um, and we, we think we know what it's going to be, but uh, you know, we'll see, we'll have that, we'll have that follow up. Well, so are you going to send me straws, some affy, you know, a bunch real of stuff. Straws. <laughs> real, real straws. Real straws. Yeah. All yeah. right. You're a smart business guy. I love Chicago. Lived there for 15 years. Right. You were born and raised there. The city's well, got a little. I was born in DC, actually. You were born in DC, yeah. But, but I moved to Chicago, Chicago. When I was five. Yeah. Okay, I so mean, you're you know, a Chicago guy. Yeah, I moved Chicago there sports, during the Peyton era. Yeah, Peyton era. Yeah, the Jordan era. The good, the good years. The good right? years. <laughs> the city's got a little sideways. Yes, yes. How do we fix it, man? Oh, geez. This is a conversation a I have question. with all yeah. the guys like you and I. Right. And I, dude, I, I know, I'm not joking, man. 40, 50 people from the Chicagoland area who are friends, friends that I've become friends with that moved to South Florida, and they all. They're all around yeah. our age and, sure. and the same thing. And, and we talk about it because I go 30s, back all the time. Young yeah, guys. yeah, right, yeah. I'm, I'm getting close to 50, man. So, but like, how do you fix it, man? Right. Because it, it, oh, it is fixable. Yeah. It, you know, I'll tell you, it's it's something that that keeps me up at night. I, yeah, I, me I too. Because I love mentoring kids. Um, you know, we've got to start, you know, with the youth. You got to start early, you right? Know, and I think the problem is, uh, you know, this is a multi-generational issue. Yeah. You know? goes back to segregation. Yeah, sure, know? man. Um, so you're not going to, you know. It, it's still a seg a pretty segregated city. Still, and I don't, for a big is. city, I don't think enough people realize that. Right, right. Yeah. Because the diversity might be in the workplace, but it's not at home. Right? Not, no, man. Um, you know, so that, you know, that's a big issue because what, what, what's happened is, you know, I, I remember people, 
if you listen to a Chicago accent, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you talk to like someone from the African American community, right, in Chicago, they sound like they're from Mississippi. It's like yeah, you're right. You know the the, the terms they use, um, you know the sayings and expressions yeah. they use. So if you think about what had happened was, and I and maybe I'm getting a little too deep on this, but think about University of Chicago, right, Hyde Park. Yeah, that is a very educated you know, African-American community historically because of the schools, they had the papers. Obama's from there. <laughs> right. They had the papers there, yeah. right? So that was one of the first waves of, if you want to call it, you know, migration from the South mm -hmm. was, you know, to areas like that. The second migrations were people moving to the factories. Yeah. It was, it was, it was you know, relatively unskilled labor that was moving to, you know, grow these manufacturing businesses. So during segregation, those folks lived in certain neighborhoods. And if that plant closed down, you couldn't take the bus to go to another neighborhood. So they were the first to lose their jobs. And they were, you know, I hate to say that, you know, they were relatively unskilled yeah. and uneducated. All those steel jobs that right. dried up, you're right. Right, but they didn't have the education that the folks in yeah. Hyde Park had. Right. So that's, when I talk about the generational issues, yeah. that's what it is. Um, so a lot of uneducated folks um, that, you know, were the first to kind of be the, you know, they'd be the first man out yeah. and the plant would close. So that's been an issue in the Chicago area for a long time. And, and frankly, in most, you know, metropolitan areas, yeah. you have that, you know, so you have the have nots and um, then you throw the powder keg of drugs yeah, 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 yeah. into that mix. And, um, you know, so, so we've got to really look back at like the history. That's why I think it's so important that we do talk about mm -hmm. history because I would, I would hear people say, well, I don't understand why, you know, someone living in a neighborhood can't just do X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think the check, you know, is going to do it. No, I don't, I don't think, think so you, can, you can't throw money at this issue. No. Um, and I think where we are now, uh, I, I really unfortunately think we do need to get to, you know, having a better police force that's yeah. more, you know, that's more present in some of these yeah. neighborhoods. And um, I'm also kind of a bootstraps person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, certain certain cultures and, and certain groups just need to kind of say, look, we need to own this and we need to fix it ourselves. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, no, there's nothing, no one else out there can fix your own problems better than you can. Of course. You know, so that, that's the answer that not a lot of people want to see. And that's probably why I'll never be in politics. <laughs> but that's why you should be yeah, in politics. Right, maybe, that's the thing. Maybe, but you know, I, I think that we've got to, you know, get back to the you know days of the fifties and sixties where, you know, your kid was going to school. You know, yeah, man. we have the right and opportunity to go to school and you were going to dress up and you're going to do the best you can. You yeah. know, I was my parents' generation, yeah. you know, and I look at all my, my, my parents' friends, they're all very successful. Yeah. You know, they've got wonderful families, they're well-educated, but we just need to kind of take that back on our own. Build a good ecosystem right. of people, good That's mentors, right. which I right. think is really, really important. Absolutely. Um, and, and then, you know, just the fundamentals, right? You know, safety, shelter, you know, right. access to good education, after school programs. Absolutely. That's the foundational stuff. That's right. Uh, and it comes from leadership, man. We it just, does. Uh, it's across the board. We don't have it. it. And then, I mean, by the way, this, I'm, this is not isolated Chicago. This is no, nationwide right. in a no, bunch it of is. cities. It is. And, and COVID really kind of exacerbated all yeah. those issues. Yeah. You know, um, it just exacerbated all those issues. I, I mean, I almost believe it's going to take a kind of divine leadership, like a Martin Luther King type yeah, person, yeah. you know, that really can speak to the core of all of our qualities. And, you know, we, we've had this conversation, I think, before, but, you know, the problem in politics now is that we focus on the like, you know, two and a half percent here, two and a half percent fringe issues yeah, man. instead of the 90, 95 percent that we all kind of can agree on. We yeah. want to be safe. We want to have good education. You know, um, we want freedom. Right? Yeah. Um, we need to focus more on that instead of, you know, dividing everybody. 
yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, sometimes it takes a, a bad circumstance for us to kind of force ourselves to realize that, you know, like, you know, um, like what happened over COVID. Yeah. Right. But we also have very short term memories, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, yeah. there was we some real goodwill there going yeah. for a while, yeah. you know, for about a week <laughs> right. after nine 11, you know, everybody yeah, right. galvanized yeah, and sure, five man. minutes later we're fighting again. Yeah. I mean, the, the greatest generation right. got there because unfortunately we had to go to world war two and we came right. back and that's right. designed some pretty good programs and yeah. worked together on, right. on a common mission. All right. I know you're a busy guy. I'm going to ask you some questions and get you going. All right. Ready? Is a more fun? All right. Well, on this topic, what was the last thing you changed your mind about? Oh, jeez. Um, let's see. I have to think about that. Let's circle back on that question. Okay, we're going to circle I'll back. let that one marinate. Best purchase you've recently made under 100 bucks? Um, probably a book. I, I bought okay. A, yeah, I bought a book on, uh, recently, I bought a book on Paris. On Paris, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's probably the best purchase I've made. In the Are you going to Paris soon? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Exactly. So at night, I kind of go to... Go to bed, like read, about, <laughs> learning you know, about parents. Eating in, in, in next month, you you're going to eat really, yeah. really well. All right, you on, on the topic of eating, you can eat dinner with anybody in history. Who is it? Oh, geez, that's a good one. Um, can I have two? Yeah, man, it's a big <laughs> have the party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, let's see. I, one of my heroes always growing up was Martin Luther King. Sure, I really like to, you know, really understand um, his viewpoints on a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, because. He was a different person, I'm sure, yeah. than, than, you know, I mean, he was a real guy. Yeah, and, of course. Um, that would certainly be one. Um, this is a kind of a weird one, but it'd be somebody like, it would either be like a Bob Marley. Okay. Or like a Prince, you know. I would love either one. Yeah, I, I'll you let know, you pick. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, you know, just kind of, just to, to see what makes those guys take. I mean, you think about a guy like Bob Marley and the impact that he had on the world with his music. Crazy, man. And everybody likes Bob Marley music. Everybody. You could be in the country. You could be in, the inner, in any inner city. And it gets you in a certain mood. And it gets you in a certain mood. And yeah. you never get tired of it. Never. Like that song comes on, you're never like, oh, I don't, I've heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's pretty profound. You know, that's pretty profound. Okay. So, you're a big Bears fan. Is Justin Fields oh, the, the quarterback of the future? You know, I, I think that it's going to be really hard for him to shake, um, you know, the losses. Mm -hmm. um, he fumbles the ball too much, unfortunately. Yeah, he's a turnover machine. Right. He's a turnover machine. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think he's mentally strong. And I do think he's got the skill sets to do it. But he's fast. He's strong. He's the organization cannon. is so broken right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Coach I mean, has go. it, 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 you know, the organization is so broken. Um, I'd hate to see him go somewhere else and have success, which, which I could see. Happen. Yes. But I think, I think he's going to need a fresh start. I mean, you know, look at Baker Mayfield has kind of had a resurgence, yeah. but Baker Mayfield had more wins, you know, right. but people do discount the fact that the bears just totally disintegrated their defense. I mean, they got rid of some very, very good players, yeah. you know, Roquan Smith is tearing it up. He's done. So, you know, there was a lot of expectations that you have a quarterback that's going to fix it with a terrible line. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, so they, they put a lot of responsibility on him to turn this team around without the building blocks of it. Got it. And they've got to stop dumpster diving and, you know, penny pinching, trying to, oh, we'll get, we got this guy for $3 million, or we got this coach that nobody's heard of before. They got to sell the team. Right. That family's yeah. just got. Thank you. The old lady's got to move on. God Thank bless you. her. She's 200 years right. old. Right. And they got to sell the team. Right. And it's I don't know. I mean, that, that team. Third largest TV market's going to get six billion. I mean, I what, what's the number? You know, I know. Yeah, it's like when the Clippers sold. You yeah, know, they were like everybody was like, oh geez. Yeah, you know, yeah. And like, we're talking about the Bears. I know. So yeah, I mean the Bears. Um, 
you know, it is, it, there's a joke that I was telling somebody the other day. I was like, you know, you know, you're from Chicago when your Sunday, when your whole weekend is ruined because you watched a Bears game, <laughs> you know, I mean, we keep investing our souls and yeah, man. hope, you know, that we're going to get one out of the next five games we're going to win. And, you know, we're up by three and we get our hopes up and then only for it to be. That's know, fandom. Yeah. It, I'm a Dolphins fan. And I can't shake it. I no, mean, no, no. I, I'm not switching no teams at this point. I I'm all in. I can't. It's, it's, it's awful. You know, I mean, I'm fortunate that, you know, I've got other teams that I can root for. So um, I lived in Kansas City for six years okay. before they were, you know, really yeah. good. They were a solid team. So I started rooting for them a little bit. And, uh, you know, Marino years, my, my folks had a place yeah. down here. So I would come down and watch a lot of games. So, you know, I'm happy to see them win, but it's not in my blood. Like, no, you man, know, you're bears through and through. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, all right. Back to the questions. Something yes. you've changed your mind about. Oh, OK. Um, something I've changed my mind about, like in the last year. Whatever or, you want, man. Well, recently, you know, last couple of years. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's just a tough question. Um, well, you know, we could talk about coaching. You know, OK. There was a time where I was saying, you know what? I've coached my last year, um, you know, because it's just it's a lot to deal yeah. with. But, you know, we we had not such a great team to start off the season this year and seeing where these kids have gone, you know, from, you know, the, you feel like they couldn't throw, you know, ball from third to first base. Yeah. And now we're actually playing some baseball and it's so rewarding. And the kids, you know, coming, giving you the feedback and yeah. saying, you know, coach, you know, I didn't know I could do this or um, to see that smile on their face. It's just so rewarding. The so coaching and like development is, is very really is. rewarding. Yeah, it really, it really is. So, you know, I was going to try to kind of take a step back and maybe assist, yeah. but I also realized that I'm kind of used to calling the shots. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be know? that coach? Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm going to go through all this stuff, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's probably the thing I changed my mind most recently. All right. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, last one. You've bought in brands and run them. Mm -hmm. Is there a brand out there that you'd love to get your hands on? Something that you think you could turn around? Ooh, that's good. Um, geez, that's a tough question too. Um, well, I've got one answer that I can't say. Okay, all right. <laughs> I've got one answer that I can't say. I might lose a lot of business. Um, no, but uh, let's see here. There is, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. There's so many. Like, I was thinking like Reebok was such a powerhouse, like, you know, when we were oh, kids, right? Yeah. And like, I just see the stuff that they lay out. Right. I'm like, man, that's- You know, the minute I walk out of here, I'm going to say, oh. Yeah, you you'll name five. Yeah, right, right, I would right, be like, right. oh, I would have, um, oh yeah, because if you open up stuff like that, I mean, well, I mean, like Sony. I mean, yeah, Sony cool. used to be the household name for, for every device. Yeah. Now they're kind of middling. Um, I think that's a powerhouse brand that, you know, doesn't get the shine that it, that it should. Yeah. Um, you know, Walkman and, you know, all that stuff. They, they had the market. Right. And then Apple came in. Right. Ate them for lunch. Yeah. Apple came and ate it up for, you know, the buds and all this yeah. other stuff. That's one that they should still be, you know, should be out there. That's for sure. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much. Oh, man, uh, great. Buy a lot of uh, Affy Tapple. And all of his printables. Oh, sorry, printables. printables uh, he, awesome. Next time you come on, you'll bring me a whole box. Yeah. And, so, uh, you know, you're, you're going to not like me because, okay. <laughs> um, you know, you're obviously a very fit gentleman. Um, so the Mrs. Printables, we have these uh, pretzel rods that we dip in caramel. I'm in, man. I don't and care. then me and Rove them in chocolate. I'm in. And I'm in. They are extremely addictive. I'm in. But, but they're worth it. They're it'll worth be it. my bad day. Yeah, it'll exactly. Be my bad day. It's totally worth it. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Absolutely, I really appreciate man. it's it, brother. Been a pleasure. Be yeah. good.